0: Section 110 of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, and the Search for the Poles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story, Volume 8, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, and the Search for the Poles. Edited by Ava March Tappan section number 110 the rivals in the antarctic 1911 from harper's weekly roald Admundsen planted the norwegian flag at the south pole on december 14th last 1911 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon upon a vast plateau stretching away in every direction without a break in the monotony of its flat surface the temperature was nine point four degrees below zero Fahrenheit, in considering this comparatively high temperature, we must remember that the date was only a week before midsummer. Captain Odmundson knows nothing of the whereabouts of Captain Scott, the commander of the rival expedition. England has not abandoned the hope that her flag was planted first at the pole for the exact location of this geographical point cannot of course be determined absolutely by means of a sextant and artificial horizon such as adminson carried and there would be room for two flags to wave so far apart as to be invisible each from the other yet each approximating to the site of the pole however the appearances are that captain adminson has won the race the lowest temperature recorded was seventy-six degrees below zero on the fahrenheit scale only two blizzards were encountered in place of the violent hurricanes which had been expected a new range of mountains was found ever since the news arrived a year ago that scott and admonston had met at the edge of the great ice barrier which surrounds the southern polar regions the world had been awaiting news of the expeditions the conquest of the north pole had stimulated the interest of the world and the successful outcome of this attempt to reach the southernmost point of the globe was believed to be inevitable never before had representatives of so many nations striven against one another for such a prize five expeditions were in the field an english a norwegian an australian a german and a japanese but of these five only the english and the norwegian were believed to have any chance of success the australians under the command of dr mawson sailed with a small ship the aurora in november nineteen ten the german expedition headed by lieutenant william filchner left buenos aires on board the Deutschland on october fifth nineteen eleven the japanese commanded by lieutenant shirassi sailed on november twentieth last from sydney and although poorly equipped are believed to have pressed on toward their destination at the onset only the expedition of captain scott was thought to have a chance of attaining the south pole Amundsen's plans originally were to attempt to reach the north pole and he had sailed with that purpose but one hot night while the fram nansen's old ship which they had adopted was lying in Funchal Harbor, Madeira, Odmetson proposed that they should alter their quest and sail toward the extreme opposite end of the world. The crew accepted his proposition with enthusiasm, and Scott found that he had a formidable rival, one, moreover, who had six months' advantage of him and seemed likely to anticipate him in implanting his nation's flag at the South Pole. But Odmetson's expedition was much less suitably equipped than his chief rivals. His main reliance was upon the hundred Eskimo dogs that he took to draw the sledges. His crew of 19 men, moreover, had, for the most part, participated in journeys over the Arctic ice packs. On February 4th of last year, Scott found Odmetson in the Bay of Wells at the edge of the Antarctic ice barrier, about 700 miles from the pole. Since then, until his arrival at Hobart, no news of him was received. The expedition of Captain Scott was far better equipped than that of his arrival. The British government contributed the sum of $100,000, and an equal amount was raised by public subscription. It was Scott's intention to profit by the experiences of Lt. Shackleton, who had come to within 97 miles of the pole a year or so before, and to follow the same course that his predecessor had taken on june first nineteen ten he sailed from london in the terra nova a dundee whaler twenty-eight years old but refitted and remodelled with sixty men and a supply of stores sufficient for three years much of sir ernest shackleton's equipment had been copied and some had been improved despite the failure of shackleton to profit by his motor sleigh scott took with him two such sledges upon which he was placing much reliance one of these was lost in the landing at McMurdo sound in january nineteen eleven according to the news brought back at that time he still had the other however a motor with driving wheels composed of hickory and steel and sledge runners for the front like shackleton he took manchurian ponies believing they could be depended upon better than dogs dogs however were to be used as well the motor sled when subjected to severe tests in norway had proved itself capable of covering from two to three and a half miles an hour it was to be the main feature of the transportation plans of the scott expedition scott's plan was to enter Ross sea and sail to mcmurdo sound on the shore of victoria land landing there and marching across the ice barrier toward the pole the ice-bearer extends between victoria land and king edward the seventh land for a distance of about two hundred miles this cross there would be a toilsome ascent up what shackleton called the great glacier a distance of nearly a hundred miles after which would come the journey across the summit of the south polar continent at an altitude of ten thousand feet until the pole was reached like shackleton scott planned to divide his party one body consisting of lieutenant campbell and five men was to be sent east to attempt a landing on king edward the seventh land forming the eastern shore of ross sea while this land was discovered years ago nobody had ever been able to step foot on it because of the ice surrounding it as a matter of fact subsequent reports brought back by the terra nova last year showed that this party had failed in accomplishing its objective on account of the ice, and had shifted the scene of exploration to Victoria land. The main party was to be led by Scott himself, and was to consist of at least sixteen men, and possibly more at the start. Following the example of Perry and other explorers, however, some of these men would be sent back from time to time as the journey progressed, until a few would make the final dash for the pole at the pole scott intended to plant the two flags which had been presented to him just before he started by queen alexandra they were two union jacks the larger one to be hoisted at the pole if reached and then brought back and presented to her the other flag made of stronger texture it was planned to leave flying as a permanent record the antarctic has not been the scene of so much exploration as have the arctic regions among the earlier names linked with the discovery of the southern continent are those of the american wilkes whose discovery of wilkesland was disputed for many years and the englishman james clark ross it was the latter who after making his way through the pack-ice with two sailing vessels the erebus and the terror in 1842 came across the great ice barrier, one hundred feet in height, which for nearly fifty years was believed to be insurmountable. It was not until 1900 that Karsten Borschkrevink, a Norwegian, found an opening in the huge wall of ice and entered it. He then discovered that a wide expanse of land, over which travel was plainly possible, lay behind it. Captain Scott, following him, succeeded in penetrating murdo strait in 1908 shackleton reached a latitude of eighty eight degrees twenty three minutes and would have reached the pole but for the loss of a pony laden with supplies shackleton found that the land was the most desolate in the world containing no animal life except a single species of flea roald amison the conqueror of the pole is about forty years of age he is a graduate of the university of christania but after taking his doctor's degree he abandoned medicine to follow the sea as his forebears had done for generations in 1903 he effected the conquest of the northwest passage in a little sloop called the gogia manned by seven men a feat which had been attempted vainly by many since franklin's voyage and had involved the loss of many ships and men End of section 110. This recording is in the public domain.